listeners. Welcome to Unofficial WoHo Radio, a podcast by women's hockey fans for women's hockey fans. I'm Alice, and I'm recording this after we recorded the, the episode because in celebration of my 19th birthday, um, which means I can drink in Ontario, we had a few drinks and we talked about women's hockey, mostly about Haley Wickenheiser's comments to The Athletic. If you want to listen to just that, that starts in at about 12, 14 minutes. And we also talk about a few other things, like viewing women's hockey as a charity thing or a cause, how the NHL should never be in charge of it, and also the U.S. women's national team strike. Also, we're now part of Radio Public's Paid Listens program. Radio Public is a free podcast app. Um, it's independent. It's good. I use it. I used it even before we signed up for this thing. And basically, every time you listen, we get paid, which is pretty nice. So if you want to help support the show, go get the app and listen to us on the app. And if you listen to three episodes in a row, not like all at once, but like at least three episodes, we get a one-time loyal listener bonus, which is pretty sweet. And it's all free. Again, important to note. So if you want to help support the show for free, go get the Radio Public app for mobile. And just because... When we recorded it, we forgot to record an intro. Loren speaks first, and then Tay, and then me. So you know who's who. And now we're going to get started. Hope you enjoy. Okay. Hello, everybody. I am have probably more to drink than I should have. Because today we are celebrating uh, Alice. Because she had a birthday recently, so now she can drink legally in Ontario without having to drive across the river to Gatineau to buy liquor. Yay! So be prepared (laughs) for this to be the messiest episode ever. Even messier than usual. (laughs) Two episodes, that's not saying much. (laughs) Oh yes, we went on a very unexpected hiatus. Um, (laughs) there was a lot of stuff going on in the personal lives of people on the podcast, so kind of had to shut her down for a while there. Also, a million technical difficulties with recording our third episode, so I just scrapped it, because when you lose signal and therefore audio for three whole times we're recording a less than hour long podcast you kind of realize the universe is giving you a message and that message is you should take a few weeks off to figure out how to use the internet which we did only took us two hours yeah this time also it is a million times harder to deal with technical difficulties when you've had like four slash five drinks (laughs) So, keep that in mind, folks. Let that be (laughs) All right. Moving on. Okay. Let's talk about free agency. (laughs) Also, (laughs) shout out to Top Shelf for giving us this idea, which is working out so well for us so far. Okay. <laughs> free free agency. Free agency. Free agency. Honestly, I'm like a tiny bit sad about the whale signing someone, but only because that means we can't really make memes about it anymore. 
Oh, you're so right. Yeah, well, now, now the meme is when the Riveters will sign a coach. Oh, yes. Also, oh, I'd like to just point out that the Buttes are still, like, 12 to 10 players ahead of signings for anyone else. Oh, my God. The the Buttes have just signed, like, everyone and their mother. Everyone mm-hmm. just wants to play for the Buttes. They got Shannon Zavados and that other American goalie <laughs> whose name I can't remember right now. Nicole Hensley. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, with those two in net, I don't think you even need to sign any other players, but they the they did have it. have already so. won this year. They should just give him the cup right now, and that'll be like... Yeah, just just give it to him. <laughs> don't say no that. point in actually playing the whole thing out. Just give it to the youth. Yeah, see, see the, the, real, the real game here is who can sign the most best players fastest, and that's what means winning. The most best. The most, yes. Mm. And that's that's what winning is. Not the hockey, it's who can sign the most. I think the offseason's gotten to us. Yep. One thing I, like, I really like about NWHL free agency is they really make it like a big deal when somebody signs or like re-signs with the team. Whereas like with the CWHL, everyone is just kind of expected to stay with who they were with last year. And nobody like really talks about signings except for Zoe Hickle signing with the Inferno. That actually was like news, which as an Inferno fan who loves women... I am a big fan of that signing. I follow her Instagram. I'm very happy for you. Um, and so, and I think I think Shannon Miller, like she got named as the Inferno's new coach. I read an article. She was talking about like how she was contacting players to convince them to join the Inferno and ask them to come to Calgary and promote the team. So I'm interested to see how that will affect. Like the Inferno yeah. signing and who they'll get. And mm-hmm. I definitely think the Inferno were hinting at getting Tori Hickle as well. Yes. They're like hard yeah, like, hinting. They include her in like every tweet they tweet about or like Instagram post about Zoe Hickle. They include Tori as how she's like a CWHL draft prospect. Mm-hmm. Y'all, Kelsey Newman signed up for the CWHL oh, draft. Oh, right. She did. I mean, I guess when Zavados and Hensley are both goalies on a team, there's not much yeah, room for how many, how many, like, goalies do the Buttes and Whitecaps have? Because I thought it was a lot. Or was that, that like, a... So many. Um, well, the Whitecaps, I think they've only signed um, Lev so far. Lev y'all. And the Buttes just have two. The Ribs have three. The Ribs have three? Yeah. I can only name one Rivs goalie. Fitzy resigned, right? Fitzy resigned, and so did Sass okay. and Bryant. Do we want to talk about rumors? I think you know no. more about the rumors than I do. My my rumors are the whale are gonna have a good year. Okay, I'm sending them positive vibes, and frankly, that should be enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Anya Vataglino. She's a pretty prominent whale player. But she seems to be wearing a lot of mm-hmm. riveters She's enjoying this summer. She's enjoying being a trophy girlfriend. Let her have this. Should, should, we, her should we be reading into that or not? She has a brand. Like, and her brand is blue and green <laughs> and white. <laughs> and whale-shaped. I think she should respect that. Okay, mm-hmm. who do you think the biggest free agent in hockey is? Hillary Knight. Did she do a yeah. thing while I was gone? I don't know. 
I want her to sign in Montreal just so I can plan a trip to Calgary for when Montreal plays Calgary. And then please stay in Montreal. <laughs> Tay is like, no, do not. No. <laughs> I mean, if, if the CWHL started like streaming games, all of their games, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I wouldn't have to watch them on Periscope. Like, I had to watch one of the playoff games on Periscope before they finally realized that, like, not signing, like, not streaming it was a really bad idea. They were 100% yeah. like, all right, we're going to have a person in the crowd streaming via their phone for people to watch for a playoff game. And I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then the C was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> people should probably do something. People like when they can see games but. when they don't have to go to them. Who knew? <laughs> Like, okay, I know this is, like, we're not there yet, but after seeing that stuff happen and, like, hearing Wickenheiser's comments about how the sea would happily fold, I'm like, you know, they put in, like, bare minimum effort for stuff, so I can kind of see that. I can see, see why you think that from an outside perspective, because what she did, yeah. like, we're going to get into talking about her more, like, after this in a bit, but, like, she played what like one year with calgary i think and she's never actually worked for them in any other official capacity so i think it's very much she's looking mm-hmm. at it from like i spent one year there and like, th- therefore like i know what's going on even though she was just a player and not like behind the scenes as much i don't have any reason to believe wick's comments about the cwhl wanting to fold like at all simply because i don't see how she has that knowledge and how she can speak on behalf of them like, if Cassie Campbell came forward and was like, yeah, the CWHL would be happy to fold, I'd be like, okay, that has some merit, because she was on their board of governors or whatever for a while. But Wickenheiser hardly was involved with the CWHL at all. So I'm like, I don't really care what you have to say, which is not something I ever thought I would say about Wickenheiser, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, don't ever meet, don't, don't ever meet your heroes. Or read any articles about them in The Athletic. <laughs> also, just don't read The Athletic. It's crap. Don't read it. Don't do, do it. Do not read The Athletic. Do not give them your money. Give your money to the Victory Press. They are a great independent news source that does plenty of news stuff. Like, for, for real, though, they do, like, really good um, sort of articles about a lot of issues to do with women's sports that don't get covered a lot. Like they did a whole three part issue about like um, trans athletes and various rules from various um, sports organizations around the world and the history of that really good breakdown. I suggest you go over there and read kind of that kind of stuff. They also did a really good one about um, women as role models in sports, specifically hockey, specifically the NWHL, which was a really good breakdown of sort of how they have to like, you know, walk the line between being a good role model and also like the weird double standard that they have as women in sports. So they have a really good amount of reporting. They're completely independent and they have a Patreon. So if you go to Patreon and look for the victory press, I'd suggest you give them like 12 bucks a year. Like anything helps because they pay. They also, pay their you stuff. get, you get really good stickers. Ooh. You got good stickers. Yeah. And if you don't like a Patreon, like a yearly thing, you can always go and they have a PayPal. They have all that stuff on their website. Just look up the Victory Press. And I think it's victorypress.org or something like that. I'm going to put that in the show notes, actually, because I love the chance to promote the Victory Press whenever I can, because their work is so good. 
every single article they put out is like really, really well done. And they deserve more, frankly, I think. So, um, on the Wick note, um, do we have anything else to cover before we get to Wick? I don't, I don't think so. Okay, they have something, maybe. Um, no, I think we got everything. Oh, wait, the Riveters need to name a coach. Please. Oh, yeah. Please. It's actually keeping players from, like, making signing decisions. So, like, snap, snap, let's go. Do it. I mean, I get you're sad about was it Wiseman was his name, right? Yeah. Oh, he was so good though. So Haley Wickenheiser. Oh God. Oh no. She had some opinions. <laughs> some. I think I think for people for people who didn't watch hockey like women's hockey Twitter implode when that. Um, when the screenshots of the because um, it's a locked article when the um, article like screenshots of the article were released I think we should kind of go over the basics of what okay. happened okay I can I can pull that up on my so, computer right now um, yeah I'll just give like a brief overview so we're talking about Haley Wickenheiser for people who don't know Wick for short because that's kind of like her nickname in the hockey world. Um, you probably can't even read the article unless you're subscribed to The Athletic, which, by the way, I would not recommend because The Athletic is trash and James Myrtle is an awful person and we hate him. Anyway, um, fortunately, uh, James Wisniewski, I'm sorry, I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that name right, he tweeted a couple screenshots of the article, which included Wick's very questionable opinions about women's hockey and pro-women's hockey leagues in North America. I don't even know where to start or how to compose my thoughts because her opinions are just so terrible and no one should listen to them at all. I'm gonna I'm gonna just say as like an aside about said opinions, the Ice Gardens Top Shelf podcast, which is a good podcast which you should be listening to, um, they did sort of a mini episode where they were sober for once. Um, the whole the whole point of that episode, if you don't listen to it, is that they have like a drink and they like just kind of talk about what's hockey, and it's very good. But they had sort of a mini episode where they talked, where they completely broke down like what she said, and they like read out the interview. Um, so we're not going to repeat that because you can just go listen to their stuff, and they basically cover everything that like we thought about it for the most part. So what we're going to do is um, talk about kind of the more like, I don't want to say abstract, but like the ideas that she has about women's hockey beyond like what she said, like her mentality when it comes to approaching women's hockey and the NHL and that kind of stuff from like a fan's perspective. So we're not going to read out the interview word for word because again the ice garden already covered that but we're kind of just going to talk about how we felt as women's hockey fans of both these leagues about what she said about these leagues and like how she said it which i think bothered me at least more than anything else but like the way she worded it was particularly bad yeah and i think we're gonna get into it so i'm gonna go first because I'm still talking. Um, my the, the thing that made me the most angry was how she said just straight out as though it was like this big declaration that was like a like classy one-liner or something, you know, like 
way people do that in interviews. She's like, the problem with women's hockey is the women in hockey, nothing else or something along those lines. But like, I remember that line and I was like, what are you saying? Like the way that was, was so like that had been from anyone else. I would have just missed it as like misogynistic, like patronizing. I can't remember who tweeted it, but Um, they were like, they on commenting on this article, they were like internalized misogyny is a hell of a drug. I was like, oh, yeah, pretty much. Oh, I, I remember, I remember who that was, and I think I retweeted it mm-hmm. or something That's like that. That's probably how yeah, I, I saw it. Was... <laughs> I don't follow that many people. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, but but for real though, like it was so, it was just so dismissive, especially of the NWHL. And again, we want to we want to reiterate that Wickenheiser spent one year as a player in the CWHL and never worked for them in any other capacity and also never worked for the NWHL. And we're not like clear if she's ever like talked to any of them at all outside of that kind of stuff. So like she, like for treating her as sort of this like pinnacle of opinions on women's hockey as a person in the sport is kind of like, well, she hasn't, she doesn't have that much of a, um, insider's experience i guess like cassie campbell was on the the cuhl's board so she knows something at least but wickenheiser is approaching this i think personally mainly from an outsider's perspective as someone who has been in the sport for a while i should point that out sorry as someone who's been in the sport for a while but at the same time when it comes to like one league and that kind of stuff i'm always kind of like honestly i'm just a fan so i don't know that much about it but whatever the players want, I'm kind of like, I'll go with it. And then Wick is like, they should fold and let the NHL take over. And I'm like, except for you. You do not count. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Also, I just want to say for like any CWHL fans who are concerned by the, I know the Canadian Women's Hockey League would be happy to fold and hand it over to the NHL comment. I wouldn't put a lot of I guess merit in that because again she only played for them for one season and she's never like worked for the league or really been that involved with it so I don't know why she thinks she knows what they want to do or what their plan is or anything like that I I think again personal opinion because like we are fans we don't like. I want to say, look, we don't have, we don't know anything. That's obviously not true. We know some stuff, but like, we don't know what she's thinking. We don't know who she's talked to outside of like what, she, like who she said she's talked to, right? But I think it's just like one of those problems where it's like someone who's like whose name is well known in the industry says stuff without like like that little sort of disclaimer as this is my personal opinion. And then everyone takes it as like, oh, she knows everything because she's worked in, again, like she is a very good player, has done a lot for the sport. And I don't want to dismiss that like at all because like she's so important for women's hockey. But when it comes to like the inner workings of the business of both of these leagues, like if you have not worked for them, like you can't, you can't say like, we can't, we speculate as fans because we want to know what's going on and often it's kind of hard to figure out but i'm not gonna say oh like these people obviously think this without mentioning that i think that's what they think 
just again to clarify that because I'm worried it kind of gets lost in the conversation. So um, I personally think that she's coming at it from a perspective of like the NHL has been around for a very long time. And the NHL has been trashed for a very long time. That's also important to note. They've been around for a long time. They've been really bad about a lot of stuff for a very long time, but they've been around Mm -hmm. and they have money. A lot of that money, again, side note, brief side note, um, if you are not signed up for the, (laughs) was it Title IX newsletter by Mm -hmm. someone else? Erica Ayala. Yes. Um, She has a newsletter um, about, there's, I think it's, it's soccer, um, basketball, and women's hockey. Well, they're all women's sports. I should mention this, like women's soccer, women's basketball, and women's hockey. But there's that three aspects of it. And um, it's a really good newsletter because she also does like interviews and she breaks up down and she like puts it all out in a very nice way. And I would really recommend signing up for it. It's a Title IX newsletter, I believe it's called. In that, in her most recent one for this week, which is... We're recording this on a Saturday, we should mention. But uh, her most her her most recent newsletter as of Saturday, July 7th, um, included a brief mention of how the major men leagues get money, which is important to note because people think, oh, they're good because they have a lot of profit. That's not necessarily true because a lot of it is also the fact that their stadiums, which cost like several hundred million dollars, are paid for by taxpayer money a lot of them like if you there's a whole like conversation going on outside mm-hmm. of all of this that's basically like cities will spend hundreds of millions of dollars of taxpayer money i should note not the league's money the city is paying for this for to build incredibly big stadiums and then the leagues reap the benefits of having these stadiums so they don't like so like a, a lot of their benefits come from essentially government aid and I kind of hate wording it like that but like the government reaches out and helps them because these leagues are really good at spinning the idea of paying this much money for a stadium in the city's benefit when that's not necessarily the case. I'll try and find some articles to link in the show notes about like the history of that because it's another deal but like that's important to mention because they are getting government help in like things that would normally cost them a lot of money and they're getting that for free. And the women's leagues are not getting that. Mm-hmm. So that's important to note when talking about the sort of like quantifiable success. I'm doing quotations with my fingers here. The like success and the profit of these leagues is important to note the outside factors. Um, that's important to mention, I feel. So the NHL has been around for a while. And I think when you're in sort of women's hockey and again, a lot of history, you don't have to know all of it, but basically there's been so many women's leagues that have folded for one reason or another um, over the past, like, I'm just going to say like 20, 30 years. There was a previous NWHL in Ontario and Canada and that folded and that kind of the, from the ashes of that rose, the current CWHL, which has been, I would argue, by far the most successful as of now, Women's League, in terms of sustainability, because they've been around for 11, 12 years, I would say. I don't, I'm drunk. I don't know the timeline. 
Um, I think 11. But 11, there you go. 11, soon to be 12. And I don't see them folding anytime soon because it doesn't make sense for them to, considering everything. Um, so I think if, if you're also, you do your thing. I think, I think Brenda Andrus has made it very clear that she doesn't really listen to what people say in women's hockey media. So I don't think they really have the ability to sway her that much. Oh, true. Oh, true. For sure. For sure. Um, but I think if you work in the industry for a very long time, and look at it from like over the course of being like dealing with that, these problems over such a long time, you kind of get into a point where you're looking at here's the NHL with money, which is important if you're not getting paid and resources when you don't have any, and you're looking at the other two leagues, like the, the other women's leagues who don't have these things in the same way. And one of them has only been around for a little bit and the other one only started paying players recently. And this is just like my theoretical sort of like mindset here. It would make sense if you're frustrated, the fact that they won't get together, they won't merge when it makes sense for them to merge in your mind that reaching out to the NHL with all of these, all of these resources and all of this money, that would be like an option for you that you'd want because they have all of this stuff. They can easily help you out. They can throw $10 million your way. And that's no problem because that's like something they do every day for their for one of their players. And $10 million can go a really long way for a women's hockey team. So I think that's it's coming from like the mindset of like seeing the lack of progress the way you want it and trying to push that through in a different way, even if it won't get like the results that other people, i.e. the fans, may want. But that's just kind of how I'm looking at it, because I don't really understand how she could, like, say those things without thinking something else that isn't just, oh, the women in hockey can't deal with it themselves, so we need the NHL to help. Because I don't think she believes that. I hope not. Yeah, the way that she worded her comments, it just made it sound like the NHL was like humoring these these women's leagues run by women because, you know, men know everything. And silly us. Also, like, I don't believe for a second that the NHL is ready and willing to take on women's hockey and grow it because I think if that were true, they would have done it already. Because even mm-hmm. even with no cooperation from the NWHL or CWHL, I think the NHL yeah. has the resources to create its own league and kind of take over the women's hockey market. Because if they were offering like a living wage, I'm pretty sure most women's hockey players would... And like, not to like say this is a bad thing because they need to make a living wage and they should be able to do that would jump ship to this league because that would be the smart decision for them. So, and that would kind of leave the NA, the NWHL and the CWHL with, you know, not much, not many Mm -hmm. players to sign because nobody would really make them their first option. If there was a, a NHL run league offering a living wage and everything that comes with that. And also I think it really just kind of, I don't know, reinforces the narrative that like, 
oh yeah, the men are just totally waiting to take this on, but the women are just being so irrational and won't do what we want. Like, also, the CHL and NHL are both businesses, and if the NHL wants to take those on, they should have to buy the businesses and not just have them fold. Like, they did all that work to build their own leagues from the ground up, and there's absolutely no reason the NHL should be able to take over free of charge. That is ridiculous. Honestly, I think um, these comments and, like, Batman's comments from earlier this year are just a sign that the, the leagues should just continue doing what they're doing and ignore him. Because to me, it sounds like he's suddenly seeing a lot of potential from these leagues, and that's why he wants them, but he also doesn't want to spend money on them, which is why um, they want them to fold instead of um, paying for these businesses that they want to take over. Newsflash, the NHL doesn't care about women, and it never has. So it should definitely not be in charge of growing women's hockey in North America or anywhere else, ever. Also, like, okay, Wick's comment that the 40 best players in the league should get together and refuse to sign until the leagues work together, I don't think that would really work because I honestly think as evidence from this season, the Leafs could survive without the Olympic players. But I I do think that idea could maybe work if it wasn't just, like, the Olympic players that do it. And it was, like, league-wide. Every single player was like, we are not cooperating with you until you guys work together. But, yeah, and I think I think maybe it's, it's possible, considering the level, like, like, when the U.S. women's hockey team like striked that was like all the way from the senior team down to like minor hockey league players yeah like all the way to high school they were able to rally that many so i like if that's possible i think maybe if like a group of players took charge and were like we're not going to sign with these leagues until they work together Mm -hmm. and they were able to like rally every other player that might be possible yeah but the idea that it's in the hands of like, oh, Alice, you're here, and Alice. your sound sounds normal. Okay, I plugged in my computer because it was at nine percent. So, and oh, I didn't realize okay. how drunk I was till I stood up and couldn't find the door. Hey, right? <laughs> so I, I think it really says something about how much we care about women's hockey that our thoughts have made this much sense so far. That might be the drunk me talking, but I think we sounded reasonably okay in our ideas. At least you guys are saying smart things. It takes so much more effort to make sense. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like every ounce of brain power I have is going into forming a coherent sentence. You gotta think real hard. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was I'm like, start a fire with all this brain <laughs> About what you were saying about the, the um, U.S. women's hockey strike. Like, Duggan, aka Captain America, um, like e- like she didn't email. She went and she called as many people as she could. I think like hundreds of players. Even this might be an exaggeration, but I'm almost certain that's what happened. And personally asked them, "Hey, mm-hmm. we're trying to do this to like make our sport better for the people who play in it. Are you behind us?" Mm-hmm. And of course, if you're an aspiring like national team player and you're like 17 16 years old and megan duggan calls you and says hey will you stand behind us of course you're gonna say yes mm-hmm. beyond just the like 
you know, you should because you can do this. Like, yeah. clearly they're worried. Um, versus the, like, USA Hockey, with all their resources, sent out emails. Like, they just yeah. emailed people, and she called them up personally and asked them as a favor, as, like, as part of it. Not only did she talk to players, though, like, especially those younger players, but she, like, talked to their parents and, like, answered questions for them, too. Like, she didn't just call up with, like, a sales pitch. Like, she genuinely, honestly cared about um, informing these players of exactly why they're going on strike. Mm-hmm. I also think that's really important because, like, as a personal note, as someone who's following the strike so closely... I was like watching like USA hockey contact like people my age and younger. And I was thinking, what about those players? Like if they in some like theoretical world said yes and showed up, like the idea of those players facing off against like Mary Philippe Poulain, like and all those players, like just kind of scared me because like we didn't even know if they'd have insurance. They're like literally teenagers going up against pro players. And that just like the danger of like people getting hurt worried me i think it was mostly just like usa's usa hockey's like uncaring attitude towards like what the long-term effect on these players would be as players who probably wouldn't ever get paid a living wage for playing the sport at all like it's it's different when you are in the nhl and you get a concussion and that sucks and it should be better handled by the league but at least you're getting paid enough that you can like legit take a year off and just deal with that. Mm-hmm. But if you're a teenager, like I've known, I know teenagers like in my, in my classes who have gotten concussions and they had to like redo years. They couldn't get, like, yeah. you can't get jobs. And yeah. so like, there's a completely different sort of, there's a completely different worlds in women's sports when it comes to this because if, if you aren't making a living living wage from your stuff and you need to compensate that with another job and you get injured to the point where you can't do that job that's a big problem and yeah. i don't think usa hockey was thinking like i think they were obviously being like very selfish and not wanting to fold but like not thinking about like and also seriously underestimating the power of women oh yeah but like not thinking about Like, again, like, I think the youngest person they contacted was 15 years old. And just thinking about, like, sending, like, legitimately asking a 15-year-old to play against Olympic athletes because they couldn't get... (laughs) Please try and stop, Madison. Please try and stop all of of Canada's athletes from, like, stampeding over you. As like, and they were one hundred percent serious, trying to find scabs to do this, and yeah. it just was so gross. Like on like a visceral level, I was so disturbed by the thought that they would seriously consider that. Yeah, I know we're not supposed to cuss on here, but like they really showed their ass on that, and that really like that got everyone behind the the women's hockey team. Honestly. Hmm. Hmm. And of course, there's a whole nother conversation to have about like white feminism in hockey. But I think overall, that was like a general win for American women's hockey because Canadian women's hockey kind of did this before. And they have sort of the setup that USA hockey set up now. Like they had that beforehand. 
mm-hmm. they do get like mm-hmm. it's not it's not as good as the men and I should mention the men play in leagues where they are paid a lot more so even if they aren't paid for Olympic stuff or national team stuff they don't need it They're versus fine. the women do They're because fine. they are not paid a living wage whenever they do professional stuff outside of national team another important thing to mention if you aren't clear about that so there's so much more to be said about this but i think it's just we, we could yell for literally hours we got very far away from the Wickenheiser article. Well, I think it all yeah. kind of ties back and sort of the view of women's <laughs> sports we could probably tie it back um, everything is connected <laughs> well I, I just think like the the value like it comes back to sort of society and like internalized view of how women's sports should be treated because uh-huh. there's this there's this idea that women's sports is like a cause and you should join the cause because you're selfless and you're willing to take that pay cut and you're willing to work for a lot less and like, yes, it's important when you're doing work that needs like to, to build that up to the point where you get paid. It's important to want to like, it's important to love the sport. But at the end of the day, like these players aren't getting paid nearly enough. And the men are every single aspect of the men's game is getting paid more. And if you treat it like a cause, it sort of takes away from the fact that these are legitimate businesses and again, there's a whole nother argument to be had about how sports shouldn't be treated like a business, but that's a whole nother thing. Um, mm-hmm. But like, yes, it's important to care about it, but treating it like it's sort of a, a charity, like pure virtuous cause ends up at the point where any idea of accepting money that you deserve to have because the men have it and the women don't um, like like when you when you treat the idea of money as being selfish because you should be devoted to the cause it becomes a problem because men's hockey is not a cause and i'd love for women's hockey to not be seen that way but i don't know where i was going with this but someone else pick it up <laughs> no um that's a really good point in that like men's hockey no one bats an eye when someone signs a multi-million dollar contract but if a women's hockey player like says that they need to make money in order to play the sport, they're like, what? Well, why don't you like just play it out of the like genuine love you have for the sport? But it's not fair that they can love the sport and not make a living doing it, you know? Yeah. It reminds me of, there was a women's hockey player. I want to say it was Ouellette. I'm not sure. So don't yes, quote yes, me it on was. that. It was a lot. Yeah, it was. And so, um, like she said, I mentioned how women play for the purity of sport and not for the glory or the money. And she, being Carolyn Olette, replied simply, if we had the chance to play for money, maybe we'd like to have that too. Oh, that's so good. That's yeah. so concise. Again, the purity thing, the purity, it's a cause and you should be willing to sacrifice for the cause. And that includes taking pay cuts and like yes. Tatiana Rafter, like putting, putting aside what I don't like, <laughs> putting aside what I don't like about Rafter, like that post that she wrote about um, not being able to make rent after the cuts, after the pay cuts, was just really hard to read. Cause you know, you know, she's the one writing about it, but there's probably like, who knows how many other like women out there with the exact same problem. 
trying to make rent in like New York, right? It's like New York. Uh-huh. That's not a cheap place to yeah. live. And like even Toronto, like these players, like like Carolyn was no no, it was Julie Chu was living in the States and commuting to Montreal to play hockey there before she and got changing into her coach. hockey gear in the back of a cab. While her parents drove her to the playoff game and she showed up for the second period. Oh wow. I remember yeah. that. So it's it's like I mean it's it's one of those it's it's like the sacrifice thing it's admirable they do it but they should I think it's really interesting that there's these two um, narratives being used to excuse why women aren't paid for sports and that's that they play for the like they have such a pure love for the sport that they don't need money and then also that like they're not good enough to deserve money like those are like the two main narratives that I see in all of these discussions and they're both wrong. I'm totally going to pay my rent with the love I have for hockey. I'm sure my landlord will accept that for sure. <laughs> I, I'm sure they will probably should wrap this up. Okay. So that's going to do it for us today, folks. Thanks for listening. You can find me, Alice on Twitter at YOLO WOHO. You can find Loren on Twitter at Spoon Nicholson. It's a combination of Spooner and Mickelson. And uh, you can find Tay on Twitter as well at Rivs underscore R underscore Roland. No G. And of course, we have our podcast Twitter, Woho Radio. And also, we have a Gmail account if you want to email us because apparently people still do that, unofficialwohopod at gmail.com. You can shoot us an email there. And again, uh, we're on Radio Public, so go download that app, because again, it is a good app, and help support the show. And if you also want to support the show, super easy thing you can do, leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really does help. I'm not making it up. It is actually useful. And thanks for listening. Bye.